Hello, amazing parents and caretakers, and welcome to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I'm your family empowerment coach, Celia Kibler. I'm a mom of a blended family of five kids. I'm a grandma of nine kids, an author, a teacher, a speaker, and a consultant with over 40 years of training and real-life parenting experience. I'm here to offer you practical, doable tips, strategies, and techniques that will pump up your parenting skills and create peace, love, and laughter throughout your family. In addition, I'll be interviewing some great humans that are on a mission to make your life a better, happier, and healthier life. So let's not waste any time and get started with the next episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Thanks for listening. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another great episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I am so glad you're here because I'm talking with a wonderful woman who is really creating success for teenagers. And wouldn't you agree, teens need our help. They need people that are really willing to help and listen to them and give them an opportunity to be heard and to really give them an opportunity to grow and be more than just a struggling teen. So I'd like to introduce you to my friend, Kirsten Peck. And Ms. Peck is a high school teacher She's a teen life coach, and her company is called Ask Miss Peck. She has created a co-teacher guide for teens, and we're going to hear all about that. So first, welcome to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast, Kirsten. It's nice to have you here. Why, thank you. This is awesome to be here. So excited to join you. And I'm so glad you're here. So first... I want to ask you, why did you write the co-teacher guide? Okay. Well, I, I'm a high school teacher and I teach um, freshman English is my favorite class, oddly enough. And um, I, I, in my teaching of my English class, there's an assignment of very high level thinking that really engages students and challenges them to explore their world, form an opinion, and then make a video to communicate about it. And it's a, it's a high-level thinking um, assignment that students need to do. In fact, it demonstrates the highest level of thinking. They have to work through all of the steps to get the research done and inquiry models and you know all of this from the teacher and the academic side. It is like my final exam task. So I realized that my students, especially the ones that are struggling, especially the ones that have shut off and just don't do anything, or they're angry, and you know, there's other things that are happening with students. And I decided to take a few life coaching assignments and tasks and weave them into this ultimate assignment that I have. So I created something called the Smart Start Challenge. It's a 31-day virtual event. Every day is a little bit of reading and a little bit of writing. And it's totally life. What life do you want in the future? What problems do you need to get over? Because I can teach you problem-solving skills. It includes communications. It includes um, the service project, as I mentioned. So I put this all together to 
specifically as the coaching guide for me to work one-on-one with students. I wrote their student version. And as soon as I got the book done, it was like a lightning bolt that hit me because I realized I'm not the only teacher. Hello. And I needed to write the teacher edition so that any teacher could pick it up and use it. And actually, I'm an award-winning teacher from these kind of academic interventions. And last year, I won an award for a reading contest type of an event intervention. And so I realized that there are funders and there are people that are specializing in this very specific problem. And that I stretched out my brain and was like, okay, well, let's put this together to come up with a solution. So I wrote the handbook and then now I've had to write the teacher guide because I realized that this can be duplicated and I really want it to be duplicated. Um, I'm trying to get as much information on as quickly as I can because we have a growing problem. Um, Last year, before COVID started, my incoming freshman class was already 20% behind graduating in four years. Out of a class of 450 students, almost 100 of them are already not going to graduate. And that's just going to snowball and get worse. And now we've had COVID. And so I can guarantee that those hundred students are sitting at home. They're not even trying. Right. And so to me, this is an even more urgent message of like, you know, we need it. They need an intervention. It's something that's very disruptive and it's very unique. And I, I made it as big and social media friendly as I could possibly make it to attract the teenagers to want to do it and so that's my very long story of creating my smart start challenge oh i think it's wonderful so um tell me what makes your program unique you know there are lots of books out there for teenagers there are lots of you know self-help things that parents can do why is this so successful amongst teens And why do they feel it's really, you know, helping them to be better and accomplish more? Right. Well, I I really wanted to make it creative and very different from what they usually are presented with. And I believe there's a big gap in the market of of personal growth and self-help gurus like Tony Robbins, let's say. You know, he's like the ultimate guru to me and that sort of he's not marketing to this specific 13, 14, 15 year old for obvious reasons, but that they are at this very critical point in life, a tipping point where I've unfortunately been around the students that have tipped the wrong direction. And, you know, so I, I, I kind of come to it on my own vast knowledge of personal growth. And I see these students that are just stuck and don't know what to do. Nobody is helping them get out of being stuck. They don't have the role models to help them move forward. And they just are shutting down and it's just going to be this problem. And, you know, and then they start acting out with discipline problems. And now we have more drug problems and more shootings and all, you know, all sorts of horrible things are happening. 
Exactly, exactly. You know, I tell parents all the time, one of the things about, you know, I, I always talk about the development of the brain through childhood. And one of the things that gets added to the teenage brain is their desire to do riskier things their desire to be with all their friends. So, you know, I tell parents, don't take it personally. That's the teenage brain. That's how they're wired. And they're also wired to belong. And if a parent doesn't create a sense of belonging in their home, they don't create that respect, that trust, yep. those kids are going to find a place to belong. And it's probably not going to be good. And if they don't find a place to belong, they're going to spiral down fast. And exactly, this is what they need this. You know, I'm here to help parents all the time. It's so great that you've developed this in working with teenagers, developed a program that they can really be successful with. Um, so how can you help? Yeah. <laughs> How can you help a miserable teenager, a 14, a 15, a 16 year old? How, what advice can you can you offer? Well, I mean, especially to the parent, I really I just have to say, you know, no offense to you guys, but something happened. You know, and and I'm not I don't want to talk about the past. I don't deal with the past. I'm totally moving forward. And what do you need? What do you need to learn to move forward? Um, but in my experience, every single kid has had some level of some bad incident that happened to them and either didn't get addressed and it's just festered and years go by, you know, or the kids have been neglected. So they've always just fended for themselves and they really don't have a sense of where to go. And those are the kids that don't have parents, which is not your audience. <laughs> You know, and, and frankly, I then I got hired at, a, you know, one of the best schools in the county, and those parents were the helicopter parents that wouldn't leave the kids alone. So, you know, I've been from the extreme of like zero parenting to a thousand percent parenting and the micromanaging still, your child, which yeah, never works. And, and either side of that, the kids are lost. Right. You know, and so that's that piece of like, well, you know, it's I'm I'm the brave one that says the emperor has no clothes. And I'm then going to be the creative one to try to figure out how to fix it, which is what I've done. And that that's that piece. And, you know, the schools are, are they come up with all of these fabulous programs. Like I said, I, I won an award. I got three kids last year to do what they needed to do in order to win the cash prize. Okay. You know that's a pro that's a pro that's a program that's an intensive academic intervention that worked. That's expensive. That was a thousand dollars per student. It's like they the school board can't do that. You know, so like I said, I kind of put on my hat and I'm like, let's try something else because we got to find a solution, right? And it to me, it's about empowering the student. Um, in my every in English language arts, the standards are the same from kindergarten to graduation. And so, you know, identifying text evidence and, and explain, you know, it said a red flower, which is why I'm now in love or, you know, making those connections between things, whether you're a kindergartner or you're a, a high school senior. 
And so I'm able to reach meet students wherever they are on that grade level and kind of take the materials out of the formula and just say, okay, let's just, let's look at a painting. You don't even have to read. Let's look at a painting and demonstrate all of these high levels of thinking that I know you guys can do because you've been doing it since kindergarten, right? But they get hung up in the Robert Frost poetry. Right, right. Which is boring. I agree, Robert Frost is boring. Let's study somebody else's poetry or let's study, you know, Amanda Gorman poetry or I mean, whatever that is, take that barrier away. Get yes, the and make that connection. The connection. Make the connection. And then empower the, empower the kids because they're so shell-shocked and they're so used to getting bad grades and they're so shut down that they're scared to even try anything. Right. And, and it's that's easier to fail. That's I'm gonna their fail, expectation I'm just... for themselves. Exactly. They expect, well, I would get bad grades. So why would this ever stop? Why bother? Right. You know, and so in my classroom, I always, I come up with lessons that are ridiculously easy just to get them to participate. And when you can get them participating, then you can start to ramp up the, the reading level a little bit. You can start to make the projects a little bit more complicated and you, you know, and you just kind of take it from there. Exactly. And, you know, I, you know, I tell parents all the time when they, they, you know, when my clients are like, how do I connect to this person? How do I connect to this child that doesn't want to talk to me that I don't even know, you know, they sit in their room, they're on their phone, they're on their tablet, they're on their video games, whatever. I don't even know how to connect. And I'm like, you connect with something they like. Look at what they like. You know, I always talk about my son, who's the video gamer. I didn't say get off those video games. I went in his room, sat with him and said, teach me how to play this game. What do you like about this game? And to this day, I take an interest in it. When I talked to him on the phone, he's 32 years old. He's married to a woman who is also a video game addict. They work for the biggest video game company in this area. He graduated with a degree in video gaming. To this day, when I get on the phone, I ask him what he's playing. Do I really want to, you know, am I going to go out and buy the game? No, but I've taken interest because he's interested. Absolutely. And he has no problem talking about it. And we've never had a problem. But that's because I respect him enough to listen to what he has to say, value what he has to say. And when you talk to a teenager that says, I'm disconnected from school, I'm disconnected from my family, and you say why, the first thing they'll say is, well, because no one listens to me, no one cares what I have to say, and no one you know, could give a crap. So I don't. So you've got to change this, you've got to connect. And I love that you give assignments that are simple enough that they can just do them they're not struggling and they feel good about themselves. And then you get more challenging. Brilliant. You have to. And I use a lot of current events. I, I'm, also, I'm certified in English and social studies and I love social studies. And so I just weave that into everything. 
because current events to me, whether it's sports or music or politics or the environment, whatever the current event is, it instantly engages the teenager because it's their world. You now are a part of this. And so let's talk about, and especially in a family context. I was teaching middle school a few years back when they had the presidential debate. And I sent home an assignment for my seventh graders to watch the, at least the introduction of the debates with their parents. And I said, you know, on this, on this assignment sheet, I said, this isn't about politics. This is about how to debate. So please talk about the politics with your child while you're watching this, because it is a bigger context, but I'm going to talk about the debate piece of it. Right. So, you know, you know, but it was funny because the next day, how many little seventh graders come running in talking about now they have their parents' perspective of the politics and their own idea of how to, how to public speak and how to represent what they're thinking on camera, you know, and exactly. it was, you know, it just, it was one of those things that you're like, I, I am so smart. <laughs> But you're making a real live connection. You know, I don't know if you ever saw the movie, Mr. Holland's Opus, Um, but it's all about, and listeners, if you haven't seen it, you should see it because great movie with Richard Dreyfuss, but it's all about, he is a music teacher and he's trying to teach these kids. He's he's not a teacher by by, um, profession. He gets Mm -hmm. into being a teacher and he's trying to connect with these I think they were middle school. No, they were high schoolers, high schoolers to appreciate music. And he starts with classical music. And it's not until he realized that, let me start with popular music and show them the connection to these classical artists and how the popular artists study the the classical. And you can hear that music in their music. Did he liven the group and did they start really getting excited about what he was teaching Absolutely. and you know it's more teachers need to do this clearly so let me ask you a question um so you are a life coach i'm a, i'm technically a life coach too i i call myself family empowerment coach and you and i may know what the difference is but by all means explain you know some people are like well my child goes to a psychiatrist or my child goes to a psychologist and, you know, so they're already getting help. What's the difference? So let's talk about that for a little bit. Absolutely. Well, the difference, to me, the difference is the past versus the future. And that, you know, the psychologists and the psychologists are digging at the past and trying to reconcile what happened and how do you feel about it and all of that kind of stuff. And for me, life coaching is about what skills do you need to learn to move forward and yes, get over whatever that trauma was in the past, but also just get away from it. Just get away from it and let it go. You know, that so many students get that, get stuck in that defining moment of like, well, I'm, I'm a loser or I'm failing or I blew that or, and you got it, that, that bouncing back and the resilience and the, those are skills that people need to learn in order to be able to do it. 
Right. And um, actually, I've started doing some research and some reading on executive functions and how many things like time management being one of them is such a skill that's never taught. Nobody teaches time management. It's not right. math. It's not science. It doesn't fit into the common core. And you know, yet it's a life skill. It's an essential executive it. function that exactly. if you can't do it, you can't function. Right. So, you know, my, so my next one, I'm in the middle of writing the next one. It's going to be the Smarty Project, and it's going to be creative thinking and more of these executive functions. Again, because I'm picking up and I'm realizing the pieces of what I missed in my last book. <laughs> you know, it's never ended. That's why we write more books. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. I mean, you know, life coaches focus on not that I, I help people, you know, deal with the past, but it's all about let's start from this point and let's move forward. Let's not worry about what people said, what you thought, what you did. Let's move forward from here and let's yep. make this happen and yep. making that dream that they may not even admit they have a reality you yep. know so absolutely definitely and to say you know i you know i teach in multicultural schools and I, i'll be like on the first day of class i'm like i'm an old white lady but i'm not an old white lady so you need to take that stereotype out of your head because i am not like any other teacher you've ever had in your whole entire life welcome to my world you know right and, and i bet they love you i bet they, they love you they, it takes a while <laughs> they well it takes me. a while to build trust but yeah. when you trust them and you respect them that is returned so yeah. you know that's i tell parents that all the time kids do not have to respect you they don't just because they're your child doesn't mean they have to respect you and if no. you don't respect them they will not respect you just yeah. like in any other respect relationship, it's two ways. It goes two ways. Definitely. Well, geez, persons, it's been so nice talking to you. Can you please tell our listeners how they can reach out to you, find out about your book and all of that? Absolutely. My coaching and my parenting website is called askmistech.com. That's my, the adult side of my life. The student side is the website called smartstartchallenge.com um, because in the event, it's a, it's a virtual event and they're making videos. And so they needed their, their virtual platform for them. Um, the books are on Amazon. So uh, you can go to Amazon, Smart Start Challenge. And um, the student book is called The Handbook. The co-teacher guide includes all of the embedded principles and all of the behavior modification and the, the breakdown of all the nitty gritty of it is in the teacher edition. And, wow. I, and, and with the teacher edition, I decided to include digital resources and help teachers connect up to me and to connect up in the whole big network that I hope to be building. So um, that's kind of where it's at, uh, either askmistech.com or the Smart Start Challenge. I love it. On and, Amazon. <laughs> and uh, I'll put links in the description oh, of the podcast yeah. as well. So that's it'll great. be easy, easy for everybody to find. 
Well, it's been wonderful talking to you, Kirsten. Any last words of advice for our listeners and their teenagers? Um, never give up is my best advice. That's great advice. Thank you for saying that. Um, and I say that coming from my own, my daughter's worst year was her freshman year. The transition from middle school to high school is brutal. Um, kids will test every single last nerve that you think you have. You have to hold the line. Do not give in to them. Do not, do not, do not. Because once you do, they just run amok. And then they're amok, amok, amok. <laughs> so <laughs> they're many amok. Yeah, I, I always tell parents, I said, so eighth grade is the year that the mothership comes down, sucks up your child, takes them off to another planet. They turn into an alien. And sometimes they come back from the mothership fairly quickly. And sometimes it takes them a little longer. I have five kids. They all came back at different times from the mothership after leaving yep. into alien form in eighth grade. So, yep. you know, I tell my grandson that who's in seventh grade, he's like, Gammon, I'm not going to turn into an alien. Like, oh, just, <laughs> you are. just, just wait. <laughs> yeah. Just wait. And, that, and to keep your eye on They them. do come back. They do all, even my longest lasting alien child came back. Yeah. <laughs> and keep your eye on them. Back. And keep your eye on them. I mean, keep tabs on them. I mean, and it's but it's don't just micromanage like, them. Do not no. micromanage them. Let them no. grow up. Right, but I think my point is to you know give them that independence, but then be like, you know, you're not here at seven, seven oh one, seven oh five. You're going to be in trouble, you know. And in that growing independence of holding that and really keeping track of that. You know, and I've had parents be like, oh, well, I can't control them. They're in middle school. I can't control them. They climb out the windows at night. And I'm like, well, you are not doing what you need to do. I'm sorry. You need to screw that window shut. If that's what's right. going on, hello. Now you're in charge for only a few more years. So this is why I work with the teenagers and not the parents. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I work the with the parents. So we're a great go. team. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Cecilia, oh, Kirsten, is... It's been a pleasure having you on and thank you so much for the work you do. Our teenagers need you and I'm grateful that you're there serving them. And I'm so grateful that you're on the podcast. Thank you for joining us. And uh, it's been a pleasure. And to all of you, if you need help, reach out to Kirsten, reach out to me. That's what we're here for. We're here to help you. So if you need help, reach out. Like I always say, it's a sign of strength, not a sign of weakness to get help. So get okay. help. Your kids deserve it. They really deserve it. Well, thanks, Kirsten. I'll see you next time. And to everyone listening, as always, I wish you days filled with peace, love, tons of laughter. Laugh a lot with your kids. Stuff is funny. You're funny. They're funny. Laugh about it. Have fun. See you here next time on the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast and being a part of my mission to stop a million parents from yelling at their kids. 
be sure to head over to pumpedupparenting.com and grab your free copy of the Patient's Playbook. Wishing there was a manual for your toddler? Well, great news. Now there is. Pick up your copy of Raising Happy Toddlers, How to Build Great Parenting Skills, and Stop Yelling at Your Kids, plus my three new children's books at celiasbooks.com. That's celiasbooks.com. If you're loving this podcast, please feel free to share it with your friends and pay it forward. And also leave a review so I know who you are and can thank you personally. Tune in next time for more tips, advice, and strategies as you continue to pump up your parenting and create childhoods that everyone in your family can blossom from. Have yourself a really happy, fun day. Bye-bye.